and so many friendships amongst those ladies that are like like life they're like lifelong like best friends like you, I see them on Instagram like posting on their story that it's so and so's birthday and I know that so and so is somebody that they met in strong girls I'm like wow you guys are like you guys are that tight setting the bar high in life can be challenging while chasing our passion and curiosity to experience struggle and eventually finding success Stories are valuable in ways we may never understand until that one person says something that resonates with us, then boom, it all clicks. This is the Bar High Podcast. I am Spencer Barlow. Barry is the owner of Lith Binbrook, which is Barry's coaching business that he runs out of his home. Barry and I are co-workers from a gym based in Hamilton, Ontario, where we first started working uh, together, obviously. Uh, Barry has been a great mentor to me as a personal trainer, and I'm extremely excited to get him on my podcast today. So thank you, Barry, so much for coming to join me. Uh, You know, we haven't spoken in a long time well we like we've had small conversations here and there but like to actually sit down and and talk since uh we worked back at uh one of the gyms here in the city uh it's been a while man and uh you've gone through some some big uh steps in your life to you know establish your own thing it's been an interesting couple years for sure uh as i guess it has been for everybody but uh yeah taking the leap into I guess what they call entrepreneurship, I guess it doesn't really feel quite, you know, big, doesn't feel like a huge venture because I'm doing it out of my house, but it's certainly been uh, an interesting two years uh, getting this little business off the ground out of my house. Mm. Um, Yeah. No, that's amazing. For sure. Thank And thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Absolutely. And that's the thing, man. I just, uh, like, this platform here allows me to give my give my friends a, a voice and I just want to see everybody win at the end of the day. So, you know, you've helped me many times I've always come to you looking for support and Hey, if this is another way I could uh, show that love back, then I'm, I'm super excited to do it. And then also just catch up. You know what I mean? Like I said, we haven't spoken in, in a, in a super long time. Um, so why the fitness industry? Why is this your path that you have chosen to go down as, um, you know, is it passion for you? Is it a financial thing? Like what, what, what brings you to this, this world of, of wanting to basically help, people right because that's what we do here um i would say like my reason for doing what i do has kind of kind of changed over the years um event essentially when i originally got into fitness it was for myself um i was a bigger kid in my like late teenage years starting college stuff like that so i got into exercise as you know to lose weight for myself um for whatever reason and then um, it grew into a bit of a bigger interest where um, my friends were starting to come to me for fit. I had I had success with my own fitness journey, so friends were asking me for advice. I would go to the gym with my same two buddies all the time, and it would get to the point where you know I was the one where, that they were looking to. You know, what are we doing today? Um, and then from there, it just kind of spurned into this like big interest of mine, where I actually decided to go back to school um, after originally graduating from Mohawk for broadcasting. I went back to school for um, up in North Bay for. Uh, more of a fitness related program is called strength and sports conditioning, similar to the fitness and wellness program that you went to, uh, maybe geared a little bit more towards like sports specific things. But a lot of the the base stuff was there, like the general knowledge. Did you get a certification out of that that one? I got, uh, I didn't, uh, I did my NSCA like right out of school. Um, But they didn't give you a personal training cert then, I'm assuming. Not a personal training cert. We did our uh, NCCP like weightlifting certification. So I had that and I held on to that until it expired. I didn't really see a need to renew it. I don't really do a lot of weightlifting or anything Mm -hmm. like that anymore. Um, 
but now I just have like my NSCA and my uh, precision nutrition and the rest is, uh, you know, I think uh, younger trainers make the mistake of kind of overblowing the importance of that stuff. I know, um, I know you worked for CanFit Pro, but also CanFit Pro amongst personal trainers kind of got this uh, reputation as like a, not a very reputable kind of certification. Um, but really at the end of the day, the people that are coming to you for help really don't care like what certification that you have as long as you do a good job and you can back it up and you have you know, that social proof, you have um, testimonials, things like that. People don't care what certifications that you have. Obviously, you should have one because you need yeah. one to be insured. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, that kind of stuff doesn't really matter. And that's one of the things that you learn over the years. I think I kind of ventured off topic. There. No, no, it's uh, cool. There's a lot of uh, strong points that we could definitely touch on. And, um, you know, one thing I would love to kind of jump back to is your own personal journey, actually. Um, you know, you had mentioned uh, you went through a transformation yourself and, and you know, growing going through school and trying to find where you're kind of like uh placed in the world or you know um things that you want to change in your life for your personal health right like you know as a younger kid we're always trying to figure out who are we what is it that we want to become when we're older and it's kind of cool that you've used fitness as that um springboard to be where you are now so just to go back what did it mean for you to lose weight like how much were you weighing at the time and stuff like that if you could kind of share that past um i was weighing about i think i was weighing at up around 230 hang on a second i have a rememberabilia i just keep i keep this up in the gym so mm. that's the old school berry yeah. that's me with my poop shell <laughs> necklace i love it randy river randy river jeans all that good stuff. Now, were you like were you um, like a bigger kid because you just didn't care what you ate or anything? That or it was just kind of like this is just it was just life. It was just genetics. Oh, I didn't I didn't care uh, what I ate. I would crush pizza pockets like every day <laughs> when I got home from school before dinner. It'd be like pre dinner snack. Um, I would do silly shit like walk around in school with like a bag of licorice oh, wow. in my pocket. Mm. You know what I mean? Just like didn't care. Didn't care about that stuff at all. Um, yeah. Was it a lack of education at the was, time or was it just kind of being a kid? I would say like a lack of education purely based on like a lack of interest in being educated on the topic. You know what I mean? Like just wasn't something that I was interested in. I wasn't interested in being healthier or weighing less or anything like that at the time. But once I started educating myself, you know, th change, change happened pretty quick. Um, I will say once I started working out, watching what I ate a little bit you know, start doing a little bit better with the ladies yeah, and what have you. There you go. Um, okay. So what was that trigger for you? What was that? Like, I've had enough of this, you know, uh, feeling that I have in my skin or the way that I look at myself. What was that? What was that day? Or, you know, like, I can't really pinpoint the exact day, but, uh, probably girls. Really? To be perfectly honest, with, probably to be perfectly honest. With okay. You. Yeah. You know what? That's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's a great way to uh, stay motivated and I have been there as well. I will not deny that full transparency. Um, yeah. So no, that's great that you were able to uh, grab onto something as a sense of motivation to, you know, become more healthy. And um, 
I'm sure there's sports and all that stuff as well that could have been a, a contributor to you wanting to yep. be more fit as well. You know, you see your friends lifting and stuff like that, right? Um, what was the like was there like a magazine was there like a mentor as well that you used as like a reference of what you wanted to look like when you started working out um i don't can't really say that there's like one that i would pinpoint but when i did start getting into working out i'd read a lot of uh, men's health magazines and like take workouts from there and read articles from there which probably is where i originally started getting a little bit more information about how to eat and things like that um, the, I would say like men's health magazines. Cause I would always go to, um, the bookstore with my dad, like chapters or whatever. And every time we went, I would grab a men's health magazine. Uh, before that it was like wrestling magazines or whatever. And then it kind of shifted to, to men's health magazines and, and more like exercise centric stuff. Awesome. Okay. So you had mentioned, um, media was it, um, in, in Mohawk college that you took, it was, uh, broadcasting. broadcasting. Yeah, TV okay. Broadcasting. So, yep. I'm, I'm assuming at the time when you're working out and stuff like that, you're like, you know, this isn't a career. It's just a, a mental or sorry, a health choice for you. Um, why, why broadcasting? Uh, well, when I was in high school, I was really interested in media and stuff. I was interested in like video editing and photo editing um, and just all that stuff. So it just seemed like a something, something that was interesting to me. I actually did go into school uh, a little bit later, I think it wasn't until like two or three years after I finished high school that I actually went into college. Um, yeah, it was just something that was interesting to me. I had like a little bit of a skill set there because um, as a hobby, I enjoyed editing videos and things like that. Again, going back to like I was super into pro wrestling, I would like uh, download pro wrestling DVDs to my computer and like play around with the videos and edit them and stuff like that. I was just really in, into that stuff. So um yeah and that skill set even to this day serves me well when it comes to putting together content for uh instagram or putting together uh, infographics for clients and things like that so yeah um, i see it you do yeah, a really good job with well it. that way yeah i like seeing your little info um topics there and stuff i'll always share them as best as i can and because like i find them super informative i've had people message me like oh that was great like thanks for sharing that you know what i mean and uh yeah you do you, you do a really good job with that um Okay, so why did you not pursue the media route as a as a career? Did you get into that field at all and just kind of decide like this isn't for me? That's exactly what happened. Uh, right out of like I fit, so I when I was in college, I interned at MTV, uh, which was oh, no cool. was way a cool opportunity, uh, but it was a brutal. Okay. Career. So I was taking the I was taking the go train to Toronto from Hamilton every day, like on my own dime. Yeah, like you're not getting paid for an internship. So you're doing that five days a week. Um, financially, it was draining. Uh, physically, it was draining, like having to be on a go train at 6 a.m. every day, not getting home until 435 and then going to the gym uh, with my buddies. And then out of school, I think the first job that I had in TV was uh, So You Think You Can Dance Canada. Oh, no way. Which is not something, which is like a cool yeah. gig, but not really something that I was interested mm -hmm. in. But the work itself kind of sucked. Like you're just doing coffee runs and running errands for people, and uh, the call times are early. And again, most of the good opportunities are out in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, so after a year or so, it was just super exhausting. And during that time, again, I got really into fitness, really working out with my friends and. Uh, the trainer i think at some point maybe one of the trainers at good life had said hey man like maybe you should look into getting a job as a personal trainer um and then i 
kind of started digging a little bit about the program at Mohawk. Um, I kind of decided that maybe I wanted to go away for school. If I had a good opportunity, obviously having some college credits um, that could carry over to another program, regardless of the subject, you know what I mean? There's like basic courses that can get you some credits, get Mm. you ahead. So I was able to uh, bang out the program that I did for personal training in North Bay in two years. And I have relatives in North Bay, so um, it was cheap living. Um, It just that kind of all made sense. And then uh, went away to school for two years. Came back, got a job at uh, what was Premier Fitness at right, the time. Right, yeah, I remember Premier. And uh, the rest is history, I guess. As yeah, well, yeah, that's a great story. Well, we we can go over it more specifically. Yeah, of like, course. That's, yeah. Uh, that's kind of where that's where I started as a personal trainer was at Premier. Yeah, no, that's that's super cool. And uh, you know, the fact that you were open minded to say, hmm, I could potentially see myself as a personal trainer is is, is fascinating, right? Because it, it, it is a challenging position and I don't think a lot of people think about the financial side of it. You know, they're just like, oh, I'm going to train people. They're going to be jacked or they're going to lose weight or they're going to, you know, do something more sports specific. Right. And being a personal trainer is a lot of work. And I'm personally, I think there needs to be more coverage for trainers because, you know, you're changing people's lives, man. Like if they have a great transformation, like that changes their confidence, it changes uh, their health uh, moving forward for their future, right? They don't have to worry about certain, certain medications and stuff like that because they have changed their, their health. And uh, it's, I mean, we'll dig deeper into those things specifically, but uh, it's pretty crazy that um, it is only a two year or a weekend course for people to become personal trainers. So um, when you did go out to North Bay, did you know that, um, did you know that was the, the, the course that you actually wanted to take for you to kind of niche down or was it more so just because it, was, it, it seemed like it was the, the faster route for you to get on your feet as, as you know, a career? Uh, the idea of training athletes seemed cool to me. As I got into fitness more, I was reading a little bit more about like athlete training and like how football players train because I was really into football and like, I don't know if you remember back, um, I can't remember how many years ago there was all like Nike, Nike spark, okay. like Nike spark yeah, training yeah. and all that stuff. Like Nike spark agility yeah. ladders and everything <laughs> was neon green and super cool. Um, I got into that. So, um, I thought that this program would steer me in the direction of working a little bit more specifically with athletes. Um, but also doing my research and knowing that there were other certain credentials that I would need to really like take that part of things, um, to the next level. And I guess I figured I'd kind of cross that bridge when I got there. Uh, but while I was in school, I had the opportunity to start working with a couple pretty high-level um, athletes, football players mostly. And then um, very early on into my personal training career, um, I was able to start training some pretty high-level hockey players. So I was very, very lucky that way that things just kind of steered me in that direction where I started to accumulate a lot of experience working with hockey players. And that doesn't happen with a lot of personal trainers. And I do think that a lot of personal trainers get into personal training thinking that they're going to be like this high level sports specific um, trainer. And it doesn't really pan out that way. And you can lose your pace, like you really lose your patience and you get frustrated and and you might want to quit because there's not a lot of athletes out there that don't already have trainers. yeah, there's, there's, I think there's a lot to say with regards to that, with regards to young trainers and where they think their careers are going to go and where a lot of them end up. 
a lot of people end up, a lot of trainers end up leaving the business because things don't really go as well as they had hoped or things are not moving as quickly as they hoped. Uh, but I was always pretty fortunate uh, with the opportunities that were brought to me. I mean, as I got better at my craft and accumulated more clients and things, I think a lot more opportunities started coming my way because of the experience that I had and because of the work that I did. But in the beginning, um, I was just very fortunate to have some of the opportunities come my way that I did. Um, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And and that's great that you were able to keep the ball rolling and building those relationships and then also, um, you know, build those testimonials from people that, you know, are obviously professional in, in their sport, right, which yeah. is, is extremely helpful for a personal trainer to to be successful in um, in this career, right? So you're at Premier and with Premier, I don't know what their structure was like exactly. Now, were you bringing? Um, prefer- oh, it was a shit show. Yeah, a shit show. <laughs> Can I? Yeah, yeah, but please go ahead. Please don't hold back. Yeah. So um, I was just talking about like obviously yes, a lot of uh, great opportunities came my way while I was working at Premier, but also um, at some point while I was at Premier, I had uh, like the best month that I had ever had as a trainer. Like uh, sessions worked commissions done um, we had some kind of shady physiotherapy program as well that brought in business but that month something happened where I think premier fitness went bankrupt and I never got paid for that oh, it took no. me uh, it took me over a year or maybe even two years until the government actually ended up paying me what I was owed that month. So I know I said that like a lot of really good opportunities came and I was very lucky, but there were certainly some times where, um, you know, I thought about moving on from personal training because like I said, Premier Fitness was not a very well run uh, facility, but I had, I was very lucky to have some very good clients, uh, some very wealthy clients, some clients who taught me things, uh, clients that went on to play very high level hockey in the NHL and the NCAA and things like that, that I got at Premier Fitness. And I think you would be very hard pressed to find a lot of trainers who find clients like that working at, you know, a bigger box gym, like a good life. Like you're probably not going to just come across some very often or probably not just going to come across some high level hockey player who's on their way Mm. to playing professional hockey. You know what I mean? And obviously that experience, um, gave me the opportunity to train more athletes eventually move. Okay. So premier, premier went bankrupt. So now are you going with these athletes and training them in home and stuff like that? Like, so how were you able to still provide them a service? They just followed me. Uh, so when premier fitness closed, uh, well, when, so premier fitness went bankrupt, some other organization, uh, the gym that I worked at went through, I think like two or three name changes while I was there. It was like physio med. Oh, right. I remember those. Yep. Um, Mm. yeah, yeah. So those particular uh, clients stuck with me. And then when I moved on to the next place that I worked, which was called Five Star, which just recently was purchased by Crunch, <laughs> um, they, fo- they followed me there. And then again, they followed me to, um, to the gym that I would work out at, uh, work out, work at right. after that, which was ALP Training Institute, um, where we worked together. So... Um, just do a good job and people will follow you as long as you're not uh, asking them too much logistically. Mm. You know what I mean? It was all, all these places that I was working were all within right. the same city. So it wasn't like I wasn't moving to Toronto and asking people to follow me there or anything like that. But even now, um, a lot of the clients that I worked with previously still come and see me out in Binbrook, even though uh, a lot of people assume that Binbrook is 
quite a drive from Hamilton, you know, some of my clients drive 20, 25 minutes to see me just because we have that rapport that we've built up over the years. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? uh, and, and that's great. Like you, like you said, you don't uh, ask them too much um, of them and it's good that you're still in the same city, which makes it very convenient for them to not have to travel super far. Um, yeah. It like you, you must, you must have gotten really frustrated though having to jump from a gym to another gym to another gym because i'm sure for you you're trying to just kind of like plant your roots and 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 have your clients basically you know not have to look everywhere for you right like i was i was bad for the one gym for x amount of time and then i'd go somewhere else and then my clients would be like what the heck are you doing spence um my joy wasn't always by choice sometimes, but, um, yeah, like how did you deal yeah. with staying motivated and not being like, okay, like, like, okay, you know, you have to re- hit the reset button. Like, how were you to able, how were you able to go find the next gym, uh, that you felt was going to benefit you and your clients without them taking also too much of a cut. If you want to add that financial incentive in there as well, or information in there as well. I think as long as you are a personal trainer and so something that I realize now looking back, um, you, if you are not working for yourself and this isn't, isn't, isn't even me saying like you eventually you should always strive as a personal trainer to work for yourself. But for the most part, like I, I don't know, I don't think I know a single personal trainer who doesn't work for themselves, like who works for somebody else that is a hundred percent happy with the amount of money that they are paid relative to the amount of money that that gym charges for personal training. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and then especially you have like, you know, there's commissions tied into it and all that. Um, yeah. And also I, I know you mentioned like I must've been frustrated and things like that. I had the luxury of being, um, younger, um, living at home or, you know what I mean? True. Not having a lot of expenses that way where I felt, felt a little, a little bit more comfortable, uh, making the jump or having to switch jobs. Cause you know, if you've worked anywhere for two or three years, it's just hard to, hard to change, hard to push yourself to make that change regardless of how bad things are going. You don't really know what's on the other side. So it's still, it's still risky. Um, but I have never, I haven't regretted any of the moves that I've made. I can definitely say that. Um, especially the most recent one. The most recent one is definitely the best career decision that I have ever made. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's great that you could see that from the positive side too, right? And, and you know, I, I always say this, like things happen for a reason, right? And that's the thing it's allowed you to advance yep. more with your own personal skills and then also, you know, probably learning from other trainers, from other gyms that you've gone to. Um, so... Okay, you went from Premier, Five Star, ALP. Um, when you started to go out on your own, what did that look like for you? What were you thinking? Like, was it was it like was it because of pandemic that pulled that trigger, or was there something else that you were just like, okay, I need to now do this on my own? Because I know that's such a risky thing, and it's great too that you've been able to do it out of your house as well, uh, which is extremely convenient. Um, because like you don't have that overhead cost of owning a gym separate from where you're where you're living, right? Yep, and it's like afforded me the like uh, be perfectly candid. Like at no point during this pandemic have I stopped having people come to my house mm. and train. You know what I mean? Uh, when gyms were supposed to be closed, that's because I very from the I'm not I'm not anti lockdowns, anti you know 
we can have thoughts on the way things are right now. My opinion For has sure. certainly changed over the past couple of years, mm-hmm. but what, you know what I mean? Um, but in the beginning it was like, I can do this safely regardless of whether gyms are supposed to be closed or not. Like I can have people safely come to my house if they feel safe coming to my house to train. If they want me to wear, wear a mask, I don't pro I have no problem wearing a mask. We don't really do that anymore. Um, but, um, people need to exercise and, um, I think that was the biggest driver in my decision. Obviously, it was a financial, partly financially driven decision, but I wasn't going to force anybody to come work right. out at my house if they didn't want to. Uh, all of my clients felt totally comfortable coming to my house to continue working out because they knew that it was important for their physical and for their mental health. Um, and it's still that way um, when gyms close. Like people need to exercise. Um, if that and yeah, that's a, that's it as far as that's concerned, really. Um, yeah, again, I think I kind no, of, that's, off that's okay. So, there, okay. But, instead um, of getting, yeah. okay, let's say pre pre pandemic. Cause you had your, you had your uh, gym before the pandemic, right? Nope. The pandemic is what got me. So I guess I did kind of skip over exactly what happened. So, uh, the pandemic did force the gym that I was at to not close, but to downsize. And a big part of my role uh, at that gym was group training. So, um, I had a program there called strong girls, which was like a strength training program for women. We would do it in like groups of eight to 12 people. And in the new space that we were moving to, that just wasn't going to be able to be a thing anymore. So it was kind of like, um, go ahead with the move and move. There was the opportunity for me to do that. Um, but also keeping in mind that I would no longer have this group training program that I think accounted for like 12 or 13 hours a week of work for me um or i had also had the wheels were also turning about um training clients out of my house because obviously the pan during the pandemic the gym was closed a lot i had to find a way to work out at home so i purchased squat rack barbells dumbbells all that stuff for my house um did train a couple of clients you know during that time out of like not officially i hadn't officially launched the business but did was working out at home having friends over to work out having the odd client come over uh to work out and it was like uh we had recently built uh oh, an extension on our home that uh my wife originally wanted to be our <laughs> it's favorite. now the gym babe but, sorry um, <laughs> it is, it's, it's, well, it's the gym now and, wow i'm surprised uh, you won that one <laughs> so just kind of pre- Oh, she's not yeah, mad about it now. That's, that's good. For that's sure. good. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So uh, it just kind of worked out that way. I, I, and it and it was, you know, I was scared shitless of doing it, uh, regardless of what people tell you. Uh, as I think all trainers struggle with, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. There's mm. always that imposter syndrome because you're always online and you're always looking at what everybody else is doing, and it's very hard to not to compare yourself Mm. to what other people are doing and what content people are putting out and how many clients it looks like somebody has. It's so hard to not get caught up in that stuff. Um, So I was scared no matter what my clients were telling me about, you know, if you are going to leave, we'll come with you and this and that. Um, It was scary. But uh, when I did decide to do it, I was, my schedule was at least as busy as it was at that gym, like right out of the gate my schedule was, you know, I was at around 20 clients a week, which is, you know, it's good enough. Uh, it's better now, but, uh, it was a very good start and I felt very comfortable, very quick. Um, yeah. And after a couple months, the time, time was absolutely flying by. It's crazy for me to think that it's been over a year now. 
of doing this. Uh, but yeah, so now we're here. We're it's the routine. It's really weird to be so comfortable in the routine of just like getting up and walking downstairs every day. Um, literally like set, I'll like drop my kid off at the bus as my clients pulling into the driveway yeah. and like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's weird to get used to, but it's just part of the routine. Now all my clients like know my kids, they see my kids. Sometimes my kids are down here while I'm training clients, try not to do that too much, but uh, sometimes it's just, yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of goes. That's that's fantastic, and uh, I'm extremely happy for you, bro. Like being able to get to where you are now, because you know I, I've seen Thanks, the buddy. work that you put in. Like you are a phenomenal coach, bro. And like I said, you were a mentor to me, whether you believe it or not. I always looked up to you. I was always looking over what is Barry doing today. You know what I mean? Whether it was your training or how you were coaching, because um, you know what I had imposter syndrome. Like I was not very confident. I, I'm I'm better now, uh, but I I wouldn't say. Yeah, no, I, I was, I would, I would say I was comparing myself because uh, obviously my, um, what's it called, knowledge or experience wasn't obviously on the same caliber as like you and Ryan stuff like that, right? And uh, you guys were always um, evolving and getting better as you're training your your, your clients. So uh, I, I would love to get back into the strong girls, man, because that was a game changer. And I saw the whole evolution of that. Like, um, you know, when you brought that into the gym that we we're working at, it, it had a lot of attraction. Like, it was awesome. Like, you got my mom in there. She was killing it. She still brings up strong girls. And like, I, like what was the dividends that that program paid you? Like, I don't mean money-wise. What were the, oh, I can't even, honestly, I can, oh, dividends. I mean, to this day, I still, I still have uh, several of those ladies still come here and see me here. Um, I had several of them show up even just, I and even still, like, not ones that I'm not training regularly. Every once in a while, one of them will reach out and be like, hey, Barry, awesome. I'd love to come up and just get, like, a one-off workout. Or, um, and, and so many friendships amongst those ladies that are, like, like life they're like lifelong like best friends like you, i see them on instagram like posting on their story that it's so and so's birthday and i know that so and so is somebody that that's they right met in <laughs> yeah like, wow, you, guys are like, you guys are that tight you know what i mean um and the, and just the culture you know what i mean I, I, I'm, not everybody would agree with what that culture did for for said gym at said time but uh i know how it made me feel when I had like 12 or 16 of these ladies all working together, lifting weights, doing shit that they never thought that they could do or would even like consider doing or would be proud of. Like they, you know what I mean? Um, deadlifting their body weight and doing their first chin up and all this other shit that they didn't really think would be important to them until they actually got into it and actually started working at it and actually felt felt the effects of getting like mm, legitimately yeah. strong. So when you came you know up with I mean? that program, Barry, um, based, based around strength training specifically, uh, how confident were you with the success of it? Did you, were there some things you had to trial and error? Were you able to um, obviously modify and progress and regress uh, the exercises? So anybody listening to that, it's obviously making it easier to obviously making it more challenging, right? Um, so when you did introduce the Strong Girls program, did you did you feel like it was going to be this this successful? Um, I knew that there was a need for it and I knew that if I could get enough 
people on board, then the word would spread. Because I started, I didn't start Strong Girls at oh okay. AOP. It actually started oh, at okay. Five Star, and I brought it with me. So yeah, so uh, a lot of those girls followed me to ALP. So like I've just had this kind of core group that's followed me. I've been very fortunate. I still talk to a lot of them. I might not train them all, but I definitely talk to them. And I'd say at least once over the summer every year, I see a bunch of them at once. Um, we'll all get together. And uh, some of them were coming out. I was doing some outdoor workouts um, over at the conservation area last summer. I hope to do that again. Uh, that gets people out, just like the novelty of working out outside. They want to come off. It's, they feel a little mm. bit more comfortable doing like a one-off workout. You know what I mean? Because there's like another, like a fun aspect to it. But to answer your question, like, no, I guess I didn't really no, I had no idea like how successful it would be. And I just still don't even know how you would gauge how successful it was. I know it changed a lot of people's lives and I know that it changed the way that a lot of people look at fitness and what they should prioritize in the gym and how much weight they should put on different aspects of their fitness. Uh, people who used to only care about what the scale said now care a little bit more about their actual abilities. Uh, you know what I mean? And doing things that they never thought they could do instead of just weighing what they weighed back in high school or fitting into their, their old genes. There's a lot more to it than that. Um, and also helping them understand that fitness is not just, um, fitness is preventative, right? Like strength training is preventative. No, don't, don't just look at it for what it's going to do for you now, for how it's going to help you lose weight, but how it's going to help you just live a better life going forward. Um, and I think that that's something that the pandemic has kind of helped wake people up to is how good, not just exercising, but strength training in particular is as like a preventative measure to keep you healthy and, and keep you strong as you move your, make your way through life, um, maintaining abilities. No, no, it's good. It's good. Sorry. I'm rambling again. Um, but yeah, um, it was, uh, it was a very, very fun time. I, I would certainly look at that probably as like the best time of my career is when strong girls was going very steady. And I had these big groups of women coming in, um, just causing a ruckus, having a blast, annoying everybody else in the gym. I personally yeah. didn't yeah. really give a shit. I as loved long it. As those ladies were enjoying their time that they were there, and I see it. I For see sure. it. I see it from the side of the business owner. You know what I mean? Like there might have been a yeah. handful of people who were working out in the gym that weren't too happy with the ruckus that these women were causing. But to me, those women, there was twelve or sixteen of yeah. them doing their thing, having a blast. Maybe they weren't bringing in a lot of money, they had but they a were big telling ripple their friends effect. about all yeah, the fun that they were having. I agree. Did you sure. have any back, did you have any um, culture, pushback right? when you started to um, encourage strength training? Because you always, you know, you hear everybody say, oh, I'm going to get bulky, I'm going to get bulky, I'm going to get bulky, right? Like that seems to be the main thing, right? Was there any pushback the more that you slowly progressed them through their program? I think you just have to be accepting of the opinion that people have and accepting that people are going to take information from everywhere and just really get good at not dispelling what they're saying to you. Um, one really good example of that is um, like the way that I've changed my opinion of the word toning. You know what I mean? Like early on, a lot of personal trainers <laughs> were like, oh, toning's not a real word. You don't, you know what I mean? You can't tone your muscle. It either grows or it shrinks. It's like, okay, you're right. In a, in a literal sense, Toning is not a thing. You can't tone a muscle, but you know when somebody says to you that they want to tone, you know exactly what they mean. So why would right. you tell them that they're wrong to want to tone when you can just say, okay, I understand what your goals are. Um, when you say toning, what you actually are trying to achieve is this. And you know what I mean? You want to lose body fat and you want to maintain right. or gain some muscle. That's essentially what toning is. I'm not going to tell you that right. you're 
spouting mm. nonsense. I'm not going to dismiss what you're saying. I'm going to tell you how to achieve it. So if you want to tone, let's tone. Just understand what that means and, and how to get there. Um, and I think going back to um, talking about um, imposter syndrome and things like that for trainers, nothing matters besides like whether or not your clients are happy. That yeah, is the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that will matter. It's, it, I don't, I don't even think it's like an opinion. It really doesn't matter. Like if you're, if your clients are 100%. happy, who fucking cares? Who cares what other trainers, who, tra- who cares mm. what other trainers think of what you're doing? Because I see so many young trainers online. They post stuff on Instagram trying to talk about like how smart they are and using big words and talking about how fit they are. <clears throat> talking about ice baths mm. and breathing and shit like that. Like the average person who's going to pay you money for you to provide them with your service doesn't care about ice baths, doesn't care about meditation, doesn't care about really like how fit you are. I mean, obviously they want to know that you're healthy and that you work out, but like this whole thing that I see a lot of personal trainers posting about like the grind, it's like grind. Yeah if you're going to grind, grind mm. in your business. Like what I, you know what I mean? I want to be great. I'm working to be great. Like great at working out. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. hundred um, um, you know? percent. I love it. That's the thing, you know, just go back to, you know, speaking on this or, or, or speaking at the same level of language that your client is using, right? Like if they're saying Tony, great. Yeah. Respect that. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to make your client feel like they're dumb or anything like that. And it's just another way to express their emotion. Right. And you know, women like to use, booty right like it's okay that's their thing cool we'll we'll respect that um so you know that's great that you could you know come down to their level and and respect um them as a person and however they want to uh put a title on something and then you you educate them on that and slowly get them to understand you know this is what tony looks like and this is what the body is going to be shaped like when you you don't get the tone that you're trying to to work on right which is which is a beautiful thing and 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 just to go on the topic about having fun i feel like that's been something that i've been like just like how do i want to say this is like like throwing up everywhere like if you're having fun with your experience then what more do you possibly need right like the weight loss or the muscle gain is going to happen with time right and if you're having fun along the way time seems to fly by right and that's something that i'm dealing with right now with my clients as well you know i work at f45 part-time and then i do some um online coaching and then i also have some clients that i work with one-on-one here as well and you know we talk about you know they want to do this style of training and they want to uh go out and try this style of of uh of races or whatever and i'm like is it something that you're going to have fun with doing Right. That's the main question I ask first is like, are you going to have fun with whatever it is that you feel like your energy is going to be put towards? And, you know, when I hear that they contemplate, you know, I feel this, I feel that I'm like, okay, then you need to eliminate something if it's causing you stress and you need to really focus on what it is that you're having fun with. Right. And that's the most important thing. And like, you know, Somebody could come train with me or somebody could come train with you and have completely two different experiences and it could be the exact same program, right? And that's the thing too. It's like 
people need to figure out who who is it that they click with, right? The women love training with you, Barry. Like my mom would talk about you guys all the time and she how much fun she had training um, in the Strong Girls program and you being there. And like whenever you would have a different coach come and replace you, it wasn't the same wasn't the same vibe. You know what I mean? And, you know, the relationships that Strong Girls had built were like, yeah, you're now seeing them on social media and stuff like that. Um, You know, it's all because of the environment that you created for them, which was a safe place to learn, safe place to help each other, safe place to laugh and have a great experience. Right. And I like I said, I saw that from those from the sidelines, too, that they uh, were always having a, a, a great time. And then now these are going to be clients for you forever. Not so much as like personal training clients, but word of mouth, right? They're going to say, you know what? Yeah. And even still to this day, yeah, I get people reach out to me and say, Hey, I uh, got in touch with you through so-and-so it's like some girl that was in strong girls that I trained two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's and that's such a, a, sure. a beautiful thing that you've created, um, with that community there. And it's cool too, that you now, um, you know, what book times at the, uh, Bimbrook was a con- Bimbrook conservation area that you do those, um, Oh yeah. man, that's yeah. It's like right around the corner from my house, so we train. Uh, we yeah, that's a that's camps, a great like right location. I've been there yeah, a handful of times just for swimming, and uh, yeah, I couldn't ask for a, a a better location to have a big group of people too, right? Um, so now, with you becoming an entrepreneur, you're you're doing your own thing. So you now have to take the things that you learned in the past, which is a beautiful thing with your your um, media stuff and your filming and your content and all that and, and bring it back to life. Because I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you used a little bit of it when you were working for the gyms and stuff, right? But they did their own advertising. They'd bring in clients yeah. and stuff like that for you so you didn't have to really worry about that. Um, do you find it challenging now being independent, having to cover, you know, looking at, what is it, uh, the logistics? of it right so payroll and not necessarily payroll because you don't have clients but yeah yeah sorry like i meant so like managing that i guess you kind of had to do that too if you're if you were on contract but like you know marketing and stuff like that so like do you have a hard time trying to time manage that with the content side of things and the logistics um I am not you're not alone so uh (laughs) when i think about like, um, you know, managing the business finances and things like that. That stuff is not my strong suit at all. Um, I'm like a last minute guy when it comes, I mean, I've only done it once so far. It's only been a year, like tax time, very last minute getting all that stuff together. And I'm, I'm sure I hope I'll get better at it as the years go on Uh, with content. I kind of like some days I'll think of like three or four posts and I'll, I'll write them all out together at the same time, or I'll film a bunch of videos, kind of understanding that I'm going to take what I film and use it for two or three posts, but I don't schedule anything. Um, I try my best to batch create content though, just because it's a lot more time efficient. Um, but I certainly will go through phases where I'll get like a good streak of posting going and then I will kind of run out of steam. So I start stressing out about what can I post today, but I've also gotten a lot more comfortable with reposting old content. So I'll scroll down ideas maybe i'll just literally repost the exact same video or the exact same graphic maybe i'll take the information that's in it repurpose it post it again turn it into like a different looking graphic or something like that but uh if the information is valuable there's really no reason to not just continue sharing it right and i think um that's kind of what 
evolved Instagram into what it's become is just this massive pool of like misinformation or like fancy silly ass exercises and fad diets and stuff like that because the stuff that really works has been around forever and people I guess probably just get bored of hearing about it so I'm just trying to find creative ways to keep reiterating the same thing over and over because I'm never going to stray from that I'm never going to stray from telling people that it doesn't have to be complicated it's always going to be hard but it's pretty simple you know what I mean? Like it's always going to be hard. It's always going to take a little bit of effort on your side of things, but it's not overly complicated um, to learn the basics of nutrition and the basics of strength training. It's the patience that a lot of people are missing. It's the consistency. So if I can just consistently reiterate that simple information that people need to stick to over the long term, find creative ways to say it again and again and again. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. And it seems to be working. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's great so information or advice. Um, yeah. Cause people always think I have to, you know, ha- keep posting new content all the time. And it's like, no, you could definitely refurbish and reuse old posts and just change them up a little bit. Um, you know, that's something I struggle with as well, uh, with, you know, running the podcast, the YouTube and all this other crap that I got going on. And I, you know, same thing. I kind of get freaking. Like, I'm like, what the hell do I post now, right? Um, And yeah, like, it's one of those things I was like, I would just love to hire somebody to take over that, that section for me and they just kind of take all my content and slap it all up and 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 you know go and post it for me but uh you know it, it, that's the, that's the thing about becoming an entrepreneur right is that you need to learn uh you know time management and um trying yep. to be creative on your own and stuff like that so um where do you find um this information or the drive to um you know stick to your values as a personal trainer right because you know all coaches have their way you know what i mean like they have um their own niches or their own point of view so like is there anybody that you kind of lean on as a source of information that uh you find that is is valuable i guess now i mean uh i kind of have yeah the, my own philosophy you know what i mean in terms of what yeah i I'd love think to hear people it. should be doing as far as nutrition and and exercise so I just try to find ways to present that different ways to just continue presenting that same information. Um, just basic nutritional knowledge. Um, you probably should track your eating for a little bit of time to understand, you know, how much you're eating, what you should change. Uh, when you are in the gym, you should have some kind of program or at the very least you should be recording what you're doing and making sure that you are making some kind of progress and, to me, that's just like what the foundation should be for a lot of people. It's just a basic understanding of like basic calorie and macronutrients and how they affect your body, which like to a lot of people sounds complicated. And that's another thing um, that a lot of young trainers fall down because a lot of personal trainers, they, they got into this because they thought that their interest in fitness was something that they could monetize by becoming a personal trainer. But what they fail to recognize is that a lot of people get come to work with you because they don't want to work out they don't want to stress about nutrition all of these things that are like genuine interests for you they don't give a shit they're hiring you because they want you to do it so you have to find the simplest way to present that information to to them because like obviously you can show them how to work out and you can give them information you can tell them how much to eat but you can't make them do it Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Um, so basically my philosophy is just to keep things as simple as possible for people. I don't want to, I, I just don't want to overwhelm people. So just show them the, the basics of strength training, the basics of nutrition. And Emphasize on that, to, right? Yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah, you know, I, I find basics. very like even the basics is so hard and like as much as you <clears throat> can possibly simplify, simplify it for them, uh, there still seems to be like these these roadblocks, like, you know, something as simple as making sure that they're drinking enough water, getting proper sleep. Um, you know, I guess this will kind of trickle into like online coaching. Right. Um, so, you know, these clients that you you don't see, you might sit, you know, face to face from them and through a, a video. Um like, how do you help a client out to stay consistent and disciplined to, you know, not eat late at night or, or um, cut back on a bad habit, whether it be drinking, smoking, whatever, bad sleep? Like, how do you try to build the simplicity in them and making sure that they are consistent and they are just like staying committed to it? I just work with them to try to find solutions. So, um, I mean, the software that I use for training is pretty handy for that. Uh, that allows me to, as long as they're being honest. <coughs> you can go grab a drink if you need, man. You can go uh, grab a drink. See what they're... All right. okay. <laughs> I'll champ it out. Um, to see what they're eating. The software that I use, it syncs up with my fitness pal. So, as long as they're tracking, as long as they're being honest, I can see what they're eating. Um, if the scale isn't moving, then we'll look at it. We look at it again uh, and they might say, I might notice like they're not eating as much protein as I would like them to. So I'll reach out to them and say like, hey, is there, I notice maybe you're not eating enough protein. Is, is there anything that you know that you could do to get your protein up? If not, I'll present them with solutions and I try my best. You got to try your best to make it kind of, I don't know, it sounds like trickery, but make it sound like it's their idea. You know what I mean? You have to get people like people don't even if they're hiring you to tell them what to do, people don't want to be told what to do. So you have to find ways to get them to start coming up with solutions and ask questions. Like, do you think that that could work for you? I've had clients who have had success with this. Is that something that you think that could work for you? Um, you know, um, a lot of people's struggles with nutrition come from being afraid to ask for help, not just from their trainers, but from, um, their spouses, you know what I mean? You hear a lot of the complaints all the time. Oh, I try my best to eat healthy, but my husband, this, 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 or my wife, this, this, this like, okay, well, why don't you have a conversation with that person? If this is important to you, then it should be important to them. You should not be afraid to have that conversation with that person. And it sounds to me like if you don't have that conversation with that person, then this is never going to change. Because you can't stop eating fucking chips, right? And yeah, and that's the thing: changing, changing the environment that you're living in, and <laughs> the support system that is around <clears throat> you. And yeah. yeah, that is such a crucial thing for anybody moving forward with any of their fitness goals. Whether you're trying to get fit for uh, something performance-wise, or you're just trying to get fit for longevity, is that you got to try to create the environment for success. So that way, that yep. it's a constant reminder, and you don't have these triggers on the way. If you like chocolate, don't fucking keep chocolate inside the house, or you're gonna eat the freaking chocolate. It, right it's you know it's like yeah. at the end of the day you become your own worst yeah. enemy and, and 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 then the people that you surround yourself with as well like they need to be informed if they don't know what you are going through and the emotions that you have attached to the things that are negative how are they going to ever yep. be there to support you if you don't share that kind of information right and i love i love how you how you said that you made it try to make it so it's their idea you know what i mean like 
I find that is very hard to do or, yeah. or it's very hard to word in a way that is strategic in a way that they're like, oh, right. Yeah, I, I thought of this. <laughs> it's a, if, like if my uh, I, I, I was actually um, mm. giving them like some autonomy, you know what I mean? Like giving them options. <laughs> I love it. That I I'm taking notes. My kids uh, very, op- very often when I want them to do things, you know what I mean? Like if I want my kid to go to bed, it's like, okay, oh, I don't want to go to bed. It's like, okay, well, we do this or like, you right. know what I mean? I give them options so that they have to choose one and both options are going to get me to where I want them to be. Um, but just backing up a little bit, people often get frustrated because I have, oh, I have no motivation. I have no willpower. Like willpower and motivation are not things that you're ever going to be able to fall back on. Really, if you have no willpower it really, okay, you have no willpower. What do you want to do? Do you want to go talk to like a shrink that's going to instill you with willpower over time? Like, cause you probably could do that. You probably could right. hire a professional mm-hmm. who's going to help you with your motivation and your willpower. Or you could just make sure that there's no fucking chips that's in right. your house if you eat chips every night. You know what I mean? Because these foods that are in your house, like I don't really want to get into like the nitty gritty of a lot of these junk foods being like, scientifically engineered right. to be overeaten like you should not feel bad about not being able to defeat right. the power yeah. of big food science you know what i mean because big food science is out there spending millions and millions of dollars to make these foods super appealing to you so that you do overeat them and so that when they are in your house yeah and it becomes that routine as well right because your body starts to recognize so why am i not bag. it's 10 o'clock why am i not eating that bag of yep. chips that i'm normally having at 10 o'clock right It's like if you if you don't have the willpower to say no, you have to find another way. You know what I mean? I can't dunk, mm. so I lay up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I find another yeah. way to get the ball. No, I love it. I love it. Well, that's the thing. It's that it's that don't like the path is still the same. It's just you're going to a, to um, attack it with a different. Um, style right whether it's a layup or the dunk right the, the the goal is still get it in the net right and if your goal is to yep. gain strength lose weight well okay how yep. are you going to get there if if path a doesn't work okay go to b go to c and maybe you're going to come back to a because you got good at b and c you know what i mean like i always tell people it's like okay you've did you did something in the past yep. to try to compromise something uh, or not compromise sorry to combat something and fix but it didn't work at that time it doesn't mean it didn't work it just means it didn't work at that time so it doesn't mean you cannot go back to it and try it once again to try to hit that goal right um and yeah like it it does come down to constantly going through trial and error. And that's literally what life is all about. And, you know, it it does suck that uh, clients or people that we love go through these things because it's not easy. Like, and I've come to learn that, you know what? Weight loss is a bitch. Like it is not easy to go through. Um, You know, I'm sitting much heavier now than I've kind of ever been. Um, And, you know, for me, I'm like, I just want to get back to where I was five years ago, right? Where I was a nice skinny twig. But it's just like, you know, uh, there's things that I deal with as well. I love pizza. Um, And, you know, there's certain things I have to do as well to make sure that I'm not ordering in whatnot. And like, yeah, weight loss, willpower. Like I can, I understand it from a certain um, 
certain point in my life, right? Not somebody that's 300 pounds plus, right? But for them to go through that is is extremely challenging. And yeah, if you could, you know, like I said, change the environment, have the right support systems in play, um, then you're going to see massive return in, in your, your small compound of um, hard work that you put in, right? Um, so now that you're doing the online stuff as well, I'm sure you've been doing it probably just as equally as long as excuse me, um, in-person training. Um, what does that look like? Yeah. Like, I'm just, just curious because, um, you know, that also takes a lot of time out of your day. Like, are you doing group sessions with all your clients? Um, when you're like, you know, do you do weekly check-ins, monthly check-ins? Like, what does that, how does that all kind of work? Uh, for in-person, um, for the most part, uh, like all my clients are, I use the same, software for my in-person clients that I do for uh, <clears throat> online. So when they're here, I just bring their workout up on, uh, I have a, just a tablet. I do a, everything's paperless, which is pretty cool. That's something that I always thought about. In so my convenient. Days, oh, cool to train all my clients. Yeah, no iPad. doubt. High oh, class yeah, training life over here. Living the dream. So it's all, uh, okay, it's all sick. The, the iPad, the iPad air here. And uh, so we pull that up. Um, and go through go through the workout on there. Um, it's the app that I use is great. It'll tell me what they did the week before. I can look up previous weights. I can make substitutions in the app. Um, in terms of check-ins, like I'm I'm just okay. you know, with my in-person clients, I'm checking in with them when they're here, uh, and that is something that I would like to to build on and maybe mm-hmm. get into more like weekly check-ins, like I do with my online clients. Um, my online clients, when they sign up with me, I instantly put them into um, like an email drip i guess we want to get technical i should I have oh beautiful a business coach actually that shows me a lot of this stuff uh, so like email um, drip sequence like um maybe on monday they'll get an email about meal prep and then every friday they get uh, an email check-in questionnaire that they send back to me and then the next week again they might get an email on monday or tuesday that's like some useful piece of information i have a bunch of uh, just emails that i've typed up that just get drip sent out to them uh in a certain order you know what I mean? They're not just random. Like these, as, as in my years of experience as a personal trainer, this seems like a reasonable order to introduce certain concepts mm. to people. So I've written out the emails that way. Um, and then every Friday, again, the questionnaire, uh, usually sometime on Sunday or Monday, I'll review all the questionnaires. And sometimes I'll get back to somebody about something that I saw in there. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I don't uh, feel the need to do that. Um, the app will remind people to weigh in. So they weigh in. I'll see their weigh in. And based on their weigh-in, again, it's just information I'll decide, like, do I need to reach out with, to them? Uh, if it's somebody that I'm familiar with, I'll see what their weigh-in looks like, and I'll be like, mm, they might not be too happy today, so maybe I'll check in and, and see um, how things are going. Uh, but it is it is a lot of work. Um, again, because I am not super organized, it certainly could be less work. <clears throat> but scaling the business is something that I am working on just to be able to um, – and, and I almost feel like the more organized – you are the better service you can provide people while also doing less work, but it takes quite a bit of work in the beginning to get there when it comes to, you know, building out your systems and things like that. But the plan for me is to get to a point where I can do a really good job with a lot of people and create less work for myself so that I have more time to spend with my kids and and go on vacations and 
live the dream again while still yeah, being yeah, able to that's take awesome, really, man. really good care You know, you brought up some really good things there. So one was uh, that you like have a coach, business coach, which is massive, and I'd love to get into that. And uh, the systems that you've created as well, like they, like to me, that that sounds very efficient. Um, okay, so your your app uh, that you use for your online coaches, you had said you also use them for your in person. Or sorry, your, your online clients. You also use it for your in-person clients as well. So they do the weigh-ins and everything like that. Okay, I want that information if you don't mind right. sharing because that's so yep. convenient. Um, and I think uh, more people need to have uh, those kind of investments in systems that are going to make their life just a little bit easier when it comes. Like, man, to me, that sounds very organized. Yep. Like Instead of having like an Excel sheet and paper everywhere and stuff like that. It's certainly it's certainly more organized. It's certainly more organized than um, I have been in the past. But it's not as <clears throat> it's just like um, when you're trying to lose weight or whatever. When you when you hit your goal, you're never. Everybody right. says they want to get to a certain place. But when yeah. you get there, you're not happy. And that's the beautiful thing about it being an entrepreneur, you know, right? You're always looking for opportunities to be better, make things easier for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's within your power. It's within yeah, your power. Exactly. And, and so, uh, um, how long have you been working with your business coach? If you don't mind sharing, is this something you did as soon as you started your own business or did you have that before? No. Uh, it's probably been, uh, probably about eight months, I would say. And I, I certainly haven't gotten as much out of it as I could. They're like, um, they're trying to like like scale me and help me build this like big online business and i'm like not super organized a lot of things i don't feel comfortable um i don't know this is probably yeah, more for like sure and barry if there's anything that you you, know you say i, mean? I could always business. edit out yeah yeah if you okay oh i don't i'm, I'm totally comfortable talking about it. i just don't think it's like soup you know um but um yeah i'm more like i spend a lot of time uh for example um I should have a lot of program templates for clients. You know what I mean? Like, obviously you want to have a workout program that is catered to an individual and their individual goals. But for the most part, when I am writing a program for a fat loss client, it's going to look the same. You know what I mean? Like a female fat loss program is going to look very similar regardless of what female it is. Obviously I'm going to alter the exercises based on that person's Mm -hmm. individual Mm -hmm you know, limitations and whatnot, but the program from a, you know, from a distance is going to look very similar. So I should have a lot of that stuff readily available, but I am still writing pretty much every program from scratch. You know what I mean? I could be saving myself a lot of time doing that. And and that time I could spend Mm. working on other things. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you've heard the saying, you know, working in your business instead of working on your business. Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time working in my business. Well, sorry, I want to challenge you for a second. So do you find joy in that though? Joy in what? Like creating programs and stuff. Do you enjoy doing that? Not as much as I used to, uh, but uh, certainly sometimes. um, And I have to um, certainly be in the mood to do that kind of work, I would say. Um, Yeah, I don't, uh, I used to be able to spend hours writing crazy, elaborate, three, four month programs for hockey players. Um, it gets redundant after a while. And part of, part of that I think maybe even comes from realizing 
that your clients don't really care all that much about that. No. Stuff. Yeah. You know I mean, and it's so hard to predict how long you're going to be with them. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Like, I, I found that was one of my struggles too. Like I, I didn't go that deep. I would maybe do like, I don't know, three months, two months. And then next thing you know, you have them for a month or, you know, you, the gym doesn't work out for you or something like that. And then it's like, you know, what the fuck? Yeah. I put in all this effort and stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I get it. And, and, you know, that's so true. Like having that template does save you some time. And like, honestly, if you're moving and you're lifting some weight, what it, no matter what you're doing, when it comes down to those two things specifically, you're going to see results. And if there needs to be a modification given to you based on your level of skill and mobility, et cetera, then yeah, there's going to be small tweaks, but everybody always thinks they need to have this crazy ass, like written freaking you know, calisthenic uh, working out on your hands, upside down bullshit program. But it's like, nah, man, like yeah, you mentioned at the very start of our conversation, Barry, it's like the simplicity and the foundation of training. And that's yep. part of my like ethos, I guess you can say with training clients is like, don't over complicate it. Don't over complicate it. And also like, don't, uh, don't play all your cards right away. I think a lot of trainers try to like, wow, people, like, what do you really, yeah. what do you really have to do to wow somebody who's never strength trained before? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Half of the, mm -hmm. more than half of the shit that you're going to show them, even at its most basic is going to be things that they've never done before. So you don't have to, you know, I see, <clears throat> cause I, I also have a good life membership. So I work out at good life two or three times a week, just to get out of my house and I like the sauna and all that stuff. But Oh my <laughs> God, man. Um, like people who are, you know, coming in for their first workout ever, the trainers got them working on kettlebell swings. Yeah. They, they're yeah. coming in for their first workout ever. Their clients got them squatting with a bar on their back. Right. Yeah. With poor form, they, you know, no posture, uh, no strong um, engagement in their posture or range of motion. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> so let's dig into that. Cause yeah, it seems like you got a lot of pet peas, man. I want to dig into Barry's pet peas. I think you should start right. your own. Instagram channel on Barry's pet peeves because I I agree with you everything that you say I agree with you. Well, it's just like, and um, a, a lot of personal trainers are, are doing it for themselves now, um, especially with like this Instagram influencer culture. And I see it at Good Life. I see like the other day I was at Good, and so this is gonna get real ranty. Um, this trainer it, was training it. this like skinny guy looked like he had no experience in the gym and he's got him on the, um, like the, um, the shoulder press machine. You know what I'm talking okay. about? Like the, mm. the, uh, pin loaded shoulder press machine doing like some weird, like the guy was like sitting sideways and you've probably seen it on like some bodybuilders Instagram, like sitting twisted sideways, like pressing the thing up bro like why does that guy need to do it and what that looks like to me is that this trainer has this guy doing his program right you know what i mean that's mm -hmm. not cool and to me i see that i'm like people pay 70 75 dollars an hour for this shit like this guy's walking around doesn't have a clipboard has like an open can of monster he's walking around with on the gym floor it's just like super unprofessional and it, the crazy thing to me is that nobody's saying anything to this guy obviously he has yeah a boss. which is horrible he, he has a boss yeah. who gives just as little of a shit as he does apparently um i saw the other day a trainer came onto the gym floor to greet her client she was wearing untied timberland boots how, how the hell did she so, even get like, on the floor how are you going to <laughs> demonstrate anything 
Right. Yeah. And you as a trainer, you're there to support and make these and clients feel safe. And it's funny because I'm there when I go there, I work out. I, like I see a couple of my peers there. They don't work there, but they're very yeah. good trainers who are there. So like we're just there doing our own workouts, just like not even I wouldn't even say laughing about what's going on, like venting about what's going on. So it's crazy. Right. Then these people don't know what's out there. They go to good life because good life's the, the neighborhood gym. They don't know that there are other trainers out there working at smaller studios right. or working yeah. at other houses. So. It is what it and is. That's and that's what I'm decreases sure the value. I'm sure there are some good trainers there. For sure. I didn't see them. But that's the thing that devalues trainers that pisses me off, Barry, is the fact that, you know, like everything you just said there that I would if it was me personally and I worked, I'd be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Get off my floor. You know what I mean? Like you as a coach look very unprofessional. Right. And, you know. There's nobody setting a standard. There's nobody out there saying this is what the recommendation should be. Like, you know, if you're a nurse, for example, they all have certain procedures and SOPs that they need to follow. So their patients walk out of the hospital still alive. Why is it not looked at the same way with training? All right. And and that's what I mean. Like, I, I love your rants and don't stop, dude, because somebody has to say it. Right. And, you know, you've provided um ample amount of 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 testimonials and and proof that you know the way that you're doing things is effective and very beneficial and that's the thing it's like you know you i don't think people are taking the time to listen or have any sort of empathy or compassion for what their clients generally want and it sucks you know just going back to when i was in college for health wellness and fitness these these kids that took the course were like oh this is just an easy buck and it's like no, it really isn't. Like you could really hurt somebody and it's not going to be an easy buck. It's long hours. And if you aren't there emotionally, emotionally invested into your client's needs, you aren't, you aren't going to see that, that financial return. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's, it's very unfortunate. And that, and I, and like I said, I couldn't agree with you more how much I, you know, people kind of take advantage of of what it is that you're trying to do as a professional and try to set a standard and you know and, and there's nothing against the people that sign up for a personal trainer but they're also looking for how can i get that quick fix yep. as well right they so. and also like that's that's also got to be made known to people right off the bat is that it's not a quick fix and i don't know what these trainers are saying, but I would venture to guess that they're not really going out of their way to tell these people that it's not a quick fix. Uh, I try to be as honest with people as I can up front. And there certainly are ways to get it done quicker. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but most people aren't willing to do that and that's okay. Um, as long as they understand that. So generally like, okay, you want to accomplish X. How long do you want to accomplish that? and they'll tell you what they have in mind. Usually their timetable is not quite as realistic as the one that come, will come to mind for you. Um, so you basically tell it, like say, oh, hey, I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay, how long do you think is reasonable to lose 30 pounds? Oh, three months. Okay. Um, well, you could do that, but if you want to do that, it's going to look like this. Right. And yeah. they'll probably say, oh, fuck, I don't think I can do that. You know what yeah. I mean? That's like three meals a day, two snacks, like pre prepped counting macros, counting calories, like cardio in the morning, in. plus yeah. strength training three or four days a week. Like, can you do that? Cause if you can do that and you're ready to do that, then let's go. Oh no. Yeah. I think we need to take a little bit more of a reasonable approach. Okay. Well, how about something more like 
a pound a week. Oh, a pound a week doesn't really sound like a lot. Well, a pound a week is 52 pounds in a year. Do you think that right. you would be happy if a year from now you weighed 52 pounds less? Probably. Would you give a shit a year from now if you lost 52 pounds, how long it took to get you there if you knew that you weren't going to gain it back? No, you probably wouldn't care. You know what I mean? Just reframing things for people I think is really important too. Because generally speaking, somebody who loses 30 pounds in three months has a real good chance of gaining some of that back as soon as they, because obviously those extreme things that they did to get there, they're not going to stick to those things once they hit that goal. And as soon as they start to reintroduce those old habits back into their diet, the weight's going to come back. That's just how, that's just how it works. It's science. You know what I mean? There seems to be this misconception amongst people that a lot of what works in fitness is based on opinion and a lot of it is based on science. A lot of it is based on like basic um, calorie calorie balance. You need to be in a calorie deficit. It doesn't matter how you get there. If you want to do keto or if you want to intermittent fast or whatever, there's no magic there. That might be a simple way for you to achieve the calorie deficit that you need to lose weight, but it would be no different than just counting your calories. You know what I mean? Sure, you eliminated, you're, you're going on keto, which a lot of people, when they go on keto, they don't actually go on keto. They just cut carbs. Like, okay, of course, right. if you cut an entire food group out of your diet and don't entirely replace those calories, well, now you're eating less calories every day. If you intermittent fast and you get rid of breakfast, but you still eat pretty close to the same amount of food in the remainder of the day as you were when you were eating breakfast, well, that's a large amount of calories that you're not eating that you were before. And now you're right. in a calorie deficit. It's not yeah. fucking magic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And man, that's, that's exactly it. It's like, look at the things that have been proven in studies. Yeah. Right. It's and, all there. And, and, and it's and, all there for people too, right? Like people don't, yeah. it's, it's easier than ever to access information. Yeah. And you're, and that's the thing, like, you know, being a trainer is not all about, oh, you know, focus on the pump and breathe and meditate, et cetera. Like you are also trying to guide them and provide them the, the value information that they need to uh, ensure in themselves that they are on the correct path with the training that they are investing into, right? Like, no, you're not going to lose 30 or sorry. Yeah, you can lose 30 pounds in three months. But like how, how you said, this is the <laughs> commitment that you need to put yourself through, right? And it's like, you know, to me, like that's pretty darn fast, right? And you can lose it just as fast as you put it on. Um, or sorry, you did I say I that right? You could, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you could put it back on just as fast as you lose it, right? Um, so oftentimes it's worse, right? Oftentimes worse because of like the damage that you are doing to your metabolism when you diet aggressively like that. When you diet aggressively like that and you are not focused on maintaining your muscle mass or building strength or progressing in that way, you can do a lot of damage where, you know, maybe not as extreme as some people will have you believe, but like you can make it a lot easier for yourself to put weight back on when you start falling back into old habits <clears throat> and like if you're thinking about ways to train your client like train your client so that your the end game should be for you to train your client to the point where they don't need you anymore and i promise you as a personal trainer if you do that they're not gonna leave yeah yeah you know what i mean there's yeah no way somebody's gonna get to the end game and sure maybe there's the odd person who's like literally training with like a date in mind or wedding or something like that where yeah. you get them where they want to go and they're like okay i don't need to train with you anymore if you can get a person moving feeling looking the way that they want to feel like they're probably not going to leave they're going to keep going right. yeah 
Yeah, and that's you know another important thing too. It's like you know you can't put weight on bad body mechanics, right? You're, you're yeah. good. Like you're just gonna blow them up in other ways that it could be extremely, extremely painful for them moving forward, right? And you know, just to add to that, Barry, and we'll, we'll wrap this up soon. But yeah, like you want them to feel good in their body. If they're getting full range of motion, they have no pain in the lower back. They feel they have no pain, you know, on their shoulders, whatever it may be. Uh, depending on what their lifestyle is, if they sit a lot or what, if they're on their feet a lot, right? Like you really gotta, you gotta really like accommodate to their lifestyle where there's deficiencies and when you start to strengthen up those deficiencies like you had just said they're going to feel better they're going to move better and yeah. that's the biggest thing that i think a lot of people are looking for at the end of the day how can i wake up and just feel good because when they're coming and out they of don't bed know that until you make that happen for them you know what i mean like it's 100%. cool to hear a client say like hey i fit into my old jeans it's even cooler for your 70 year old client to tell you that they shoveled their whole fucking driveway by themselves yeah, or they're going to do a sport by themselves at 70, yeah. right? Yeah, no, or exactly. That rejoining, rejoining men's league hockey for the first time in 10 years, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. I like hearing that stuff way more than I like hearing, like, the numbers and stuff are cool. If you want to, like, put stuff up on Instagram to talk about how good you are at your job, that's cool. Uh, sorry. But those speak for, for so little, right? And, um, yeah, man, I, 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 I agree with you on, on every single page of what it is that you are you know promoting out in this world and um it's it's definitely um one of the things that brings me back to wanting to work with clients is to try to help them discover those little goals along the way because like you had mentioned it's it's more than what the the scale is is telling you and uh you know it's it's crazy like even just sorry to go on this little rant but changing um um a client's mindset from looking at weight loss and muscle gain. You may not see a lot of weight loss. You will at the very beginning if it's something new to you, but your body's going to get to a point where like, hey, this is a healthy weight for me. And the only thing that's going to move is the BMI and your muscle mass is going to increase, but your weight may not move. And and yep. like that's one of the things too is like trying to educate them around that. Like that's okay. Your 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 body composition is going to change, but your weight is it, it may just move anywhere between five pounds or or just kind of. And if you want that extra weight loss, okay, then you just change the whole you know, you're doing things right. And I find that that's a hard one as well to to really get people to wrap their head around yeah and i think too like you you get to a point at least i've kind of gotten to a point where like i know the right way to do things and sometimes people's expectations are not there and i just can't you know can't bring people down to earth as far as like how the whole thing works and for me now at this point it's okay for me to say to them okay i'm sorry but i am not your guy then um this is just kind of how i do things and if you're not okay with that, then maybe you want to go and see, maybe I don't always give them an actual name, but sometimes I give them an actual name, you know, go and go and talk to so-and-so, but, um, I'm not going to act like I can help you if you're, if what you're trying to accomplish falls outside of, uh, my beliefs as a trainer, right. 
You know mm. what I mean? And that's great too that uh, you are transparent about that because a lot of people are just kind of like, yes, 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 I'll take in all these clients and I'm just going to wing it along the way. It's like, no, you should not be winging somebody's one money, two emotions, and three, like the fact that you are going to be able to provide the results or not, right? And that's that's the thing too, you know, going back to just well, trainers. Well, that's something that comes with like these trainers who, and, and this is pro- this probably is maybe one of the reasons, like going back to ranting about how good life trainers are and stuff like that they don't really fully understand how much money the client is investing because they are only seeing a certain amount right. of that yeah and and that you know sucks I mean? you don't really you cannot fully appreciate that this person is paying you 80 dollars an hour because you're only making 25 or 30 dollars mm, and that's a whole nother rabbit um, hole we could go down man so for you yeah so for you it's just a job it's just a job right for for them yeah and and i'm sure for you now barry being able to take you know more of that profit is is probably very fulfilling as well it allows you to sleep a little bit easier at night right um yeah because like when you're working in a gym setting it's you know here's the the split because obviously the overhead needs to be paid and 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 whatnot and floor time etc so um i mean that's that's the big bonus there when uh you do step out on your own as a entrepreneur and have it underneath your own roof as well, which is pretty cool. So Barry, what, 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 what's your life five year plan? What do you, what do you got planned for lift Binbrook? Do you want to have your own gym eventually like outside of the house? Is that and like client, like your own employees and stuff like that? What, like what, what do you got? Uh, I do no? not want to have employees. <laughs> uh, I could certainly see myself like having like uh, virtual, assistance okay. mm-hmm. you know what i mean things like that i don't really see myself being somebody who would ever want to manage a payroll yeah. um i would like to have a bigger space but preferably on the property that i live on cool. already um so there is certainly some opportunities to do that uh i would like to i think build into if depending on you know if if i can build an online business to the point where i don't need to do in-person training anymore and that's certainly something that i'll want to consider as i as i get older and stuff um, then certainly I'll take things that way. But I also wouldn't mind uh, getting back to a place where I can have like four, five, six people <clears throat> in a space at once yeah. doing actual legitimate strength training because I don't think that there's really anything like that out there right now. Like there are similar things, you know, F45 does something like that, but it's all it's a much faster pace, little weights and yeah, little weights and pretty colors and and shit like that. I just want uh, to try to be sure. You know, they do some they do some right. good stuff there. Um, but you know, um, real strength training in a group setting is something that I don't really think is, uh, is out there right now. And as strength training becomes more prominent, and I think it is, I think more and more people are realizing how important it is to, to be strong. Um, that is something that I would like to explore. I don't have the space for it right now. I've had, I can have three people probably in my space right now. Um, I have a couple of groups of two that I train, but I would like to move into a bigger space. You know, that's like, I can train five people and there are five squat racks and five sets of adjustable mm. dumbbells and five trap bars and this is the workout and and you guys can all go and do this actual legitimate strength training workout all at the yeah, same time. Yeah, that's beautiful and that's the thing. 
don't steal uh, it. Don't more steal manageable area for sure. And that's the thing you don't need trainers and all that stuff. And like I, I agree with you. The group training sessions are are a lot more fun. The energy is higher too because it's not like a one on one conversation. And like you know, if you have a client that just yep. doesn't talk or you're just not in the mood that day, it's great to have that other kind of person in the room to fill that yep. void, right? Uh, yeah, I agree. But no, man, that. Well, there are days where you gotta, man, you gotta like bring yourself to the energy. And that's yeah. another thing that a lot of train, like you're a lot of people look forward to coming to see you for a lot of people, like mm. you're the best part of their day. <clears throat> and of course, sometimes it's hard to, to bring yourself up to that, but you have to remember like that this person is yeah. paying you money and you might be the best part of their day. And in some cases where you're seeing somebody like two, three hours a week, that's more than a lot of their mm. family sees them. You know what I mean? Like I have some, like I have a couple of like fairly high profile clients and they have to appreciate the fact that I get to spend more time with this person than like a lot of the people in their life get to spend with them. Just don't take it for granted. Like you have a pretty good opportunity as a trainer to like be the best part of somebody's day, essentially train, essentially change their life <clears throat> and spend more time with them. Than That's a lot right. Of their family so does. true. And it, uh- I, I would love to, okay, I know I was going to wrap this up, but okay, you kind of, you triggered another question for me because it's something that I experienced um, um, was uh, I felt, okay, so when I took a step back from AOP actually was more of like an emotional thing for me. Like I was very emotionally uh, drained and it's not like I didn't want to coach or anything like that anymore, but uh, yeah, I kind of felt like uh, burnt out and like there was a financial reason as well. Like, you know, sometimes that, that I couldn't make ends meet and stuff, right? Um, but yeah. yeah, like you're just so emotionally invested into your clients. I know that I do personally because I, I I build this rapport with them or whatever. And um, for you, like you had mentioned, you know, uh, showing up for them every day at 100%. How do you stay on top of that? Even though you may be in a bad mood, is there certain things that you've had to um, learn about yourself, Barry? to be able to kind of like be like oh the kids piss me off today or whatever you know what i mean like how do you work on your own personal stress stress and emotions to um know how to turn the switch on to the person that your client has invested into wow that was a deep question got into that um no you're no it's a, and it's a good one uh there's a there's different ways i guess um <laughs> amen one. Um, yeah <laughs> I, I drink a lot of coffee i drink a lot of coffee it's nice to have yeah. uh, the nespresso up there i got the the mini fridge down here having um i having mm. control over the music good point is a big one just being able to throw mm. on like whatever music i want uh, i have a tv in here i can throw on whatever movie i want i got netflix disney uh, all that shit or something as simple as just like hopping on the bike or foam rolling for a couple minutes uh lately actually i got oh, a, cool. i got an oculus quest and i can throw that throw that on and do like three minute little boxing thing cool. tends to put me in a little bit better mood splash water on my face undervalued under, there i think uh, yeah <laughs> undervalued little thing to to get you to wake you up i mm. think and that's like legit uh cold water and i know i joked about um like cold cold water baths and stuff like that but um if you do 30 seconds of cold water at the end mm. of your shower you'll be you'll wake up i do that sometimes too i'm not like the kind of person who like does wim hof breathing or anything like that but sometimes i'll wrap my shower up with a little bit of cold water to wake myself up a little bit i don't think there's anything magic about it um yeah i mean i do what i gotta do and then it's also just 
having done it so long, you get a little bit of a feel for just like flipping the switch when you have yeah. to flip the switch because you understand. Mm-hmm. Well, it's your job, right? Your body gets used that to this that. Person has prob- this person has probably had a long day too, mm-hmm. but it's not their job to put you in a better mood. It's your job to put them in a better mood. Yeah, 100%. And I'm f- fortunate uh, going back to like doing strong girls is like you feed off that. You can't, when you're training clients one-on-one, you can't always feed off of your client's energy. Sometimes it's quite the opposite where it's like, the first client of the day coming in tired, dragging their shit. And like, you got to be careful. Like you got to, you got to bring that client up. You can't let that client bring you down. That's right. That's right. No, I love it. Cause that'll fuck your whole day. You'll fuck your yeah, whole day. Yeah. And then their day two. And then they kind of, it's, it will trickle into the next session too. Cause you just don't know what the uh, response is going to be like, you know? Um, but yeah. And when you've been doing it for a long time and you've been training clients for a long time, like some days like you can have, like especially through covid man like i have some heavy days man where you train like three four five clients and like three of your clients brought you like some shit you know what i mean and again that comes down to like spending more time with these people than a lot of their family does they bring you their shit yeah. sometimes and sometimes it stacks up and at the end of the day like you know there's a lot of laughs and stuff like that but people bring you their problems sometimes and, and that stuff can really take a toll and you have to manage that stuff and you have to remember that you got to when they leave and the next one comes in it starts again and you got to turn yeah it on. yeah and it's 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 all about repetition too right you keep going through the same experience and you get better with it each time and so if anybody is listening to this and is new to personal training it does get better you learned how to you know respect your clients um emotions and and then you learn to yeah kind of just kind of take in what they're you know expressing to you and you know what and just another thing too is like the listening skills that you really need to build as well when you become a coach right and just sometimes you just talking or sorry sometimes you just not talking is extremely valuable for them because they just want to vent get their workout in and they actually like you'd be surprised how well they feel when they walk out of that gym with you right so yeah, no, great, great points, Barry. Um, by the way, cold water is supposed to like increase your your dopamine by two hundred percent. I just want to throw it out there. So I know I believe a little that. bit of magic, a little that. bit of magic. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess that is a little, <laughs> especially when you're in it for thirty seconds or longer, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, no, man, that that's great. And um, this this podcast brought in a lot of value, you know. And th- thank you again for. Um, making time for me uh throughout your your week your busy week and and your schedule and um yeah man i I look forward to catching up with you again barry this was this was great um it's refreshing oh anytime man thank you for having me Yeah, of course uh where can people find you uh so most of like the online content that i put out is on my personal instagram account it's at built by barry just all one word um I mean, that's pretty much where I'm doing most of my stuff right now. Uh, on Facebook, it's Lift Binbrook, which will take you to like my business Facebook page, uh, which I'm not as active on as I should be. But definitely, if you want like useful content from me to see a little bit about what I'm about and the kind of things that I talk about and preach about, it would be my Instagram, and that is at Built by Barry. And you can also reach out to me through my DMs on there if you are interested in in-person or online training, which I do uh, in-person training out of my gym in Binbrook. Yes, Binbrook for Binbrook, Ontario. Uh, anybody listening, I don't know if there's another Binbrook somewhere around this world, but yeah, Binbrook, Ontario, Canada. Um, yeah, awesome. Thank you, Barry. I appreciate you, brother. And thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, no on, problem, man. bro. And we'll talk soon.